Hello world and welcome back to the Simple Sports Podcast. It is I, of course, your host, Capo. We're here to talk about week seven, Thursday night football, a few things from the previous week and some new stories that we'll get into here in just a second. But we're going to spend most of our time on Thursday night football, talk a little DraftKings, how you can make some money. We are killing it in picks this year and we are doing pretty well in DraftKings. I haven't had a huge win. Won some money, um, won some decent money, but no like big pot first place finishes. So we're still trying to get one of those, but uh, I got a couple of good picks for you tonight uh, for DraftKings so you can still make yourself some money and we will keep plugging away. We will, we will get there as far as those big pots. But first, I need to start with a few things not related to Thursday Night Football. And I'm going to start with the Browns. Browns this week at the Bengals, as they would say, on Cincinnati. And listen, man, all this stuff about Odell Beckham shoes and the LSU press or the banishment. Uh, come on, man. Like, what are we doing here? Yes, the LSU thing, it was dumb. It was stupid for him to do. Um, you know, he didn't set the place on fire. Like, he did a dumb thing to probably get some attention and you know whatever okay and then he takes his shoes off on the sideline uh you know throws the helmet down all that stuff like i don't know if you guys ever played football before um you can get emotional so i'm not gonna kill the guy for being emotional um should he handle it better yeah he should uh but the world is apparently ending i i you know i don't know but the last time I checked, they were four and two. They did lose to two pretty good teams. Uh, in fact, two teams that a lot of people think could win the Super Bowl. So um, let's not let's not uh, let's not go crazy here. Now, did they get eviscerated by those teams? Yeah, they did, and so that's not a good sign. But the fact remains that they have made so much progress from where they were that now we are killing them for being four and two and not looking good in, in two of those losses. So. Listen, Baker's press conference and him talking about he doesn't care about the critics. Like, I, you know, I don't care about any of that stuff, man. They got their get right, get right medicine coming uh, with the Bengals. The Bengals aren't very good. Um, and all this other stuff is just nonsense. What they need to do is get on their A game because, yeah, the Bengals as a whole are not very good. But that dude, Joe Burrow, is legit. And what you don't want to do is end up 4-3 and because you were sleeping on Joe Burrow. And he comes in and gets a win. The thing is, uh, defensively is where they got to win this game this week because Miles Garrett should feast against this offensive line. Joe Burrow's been hit, God, to my eye, more than any quarterback in football. I don't know if that's actually the case. I know it's definitely close, if not. Um, but he's been getting beat up. So Miles Garrett needs to help win this game. Um, he's been playing. Uh, pretty well so far this year. He's going to need to do a lot of damage this week coming up against that offensive line for the Bengals. But the real advantage that they're going to need is to stop Joe Mixon because when Mixon goes for 100 yards against the Browns, they're 2-1. and one. And like I said, what you can't have happen is week one to happen against the Ravens. You come out and beat a bunch of bad football teams. Then week five or week six, excuse me, happens against the Steelers and you get absolutely rolled. You can't then come out and lose to the Bengals. Uh, you got to get right here. And if you don't, if if there are, 
already people in the building turning on Baker Mayfield. They certainly will be after this week. So um, they got to step it up. Baker Mayfield's got to play better. They got to play better in the back end on defense. They've got to play better all across the board. And yet and still, here we are with the Browns being 4-2, clearly in the hunt for a playoff uh, position. And depending on how things go, say this week with the Titans and the Steelers, depending on how things go and their future matchup with those teams, could still, still potentially be in the race for the division title. So I don't think it's time to go crazy just yet. Now, the other thing I want to talk about really quickly, two other things. One, Ryan Fitzpatrick um, being benched for Tua. I mean, it's tough, right? Because everyone knew that this was going to happen. And yet when it happened, it still feels like it shouldn't have happened. And I think the reason is most people thought the Dolphins would be bad and that this wouldn't be the case, that the reason they'd be bringing it to it is because Fitzpatrick wasn't playing great. And he wasn't playing outstanding. Let's not go crazy here. But he was playing far well enough for them to have won the games that they have won and be right in the mix, not only for the division title and the playoff spot, uh, or should I say not only for a playoff spot, but in the hunt for a division title with the Bills reeling, with the Patriots reeling, and, you know, the Jets don't exist, basically. So they're right in the middle of this thing, and you got the bye coming up. Obviously, you get a chance for Tua to get a little bit more prep, and, you know, I totally get that angle. I just think... Everyone was expecting the Dolphins to be a pretty bad team and for you to for you to move to Tua because of that. And instead they moved to Tua when listen, Fitzpatrick and the Dolphins, they did beat two one banged up team in the 49ers. And then last week they, you know, beat up beat up on the Jets. But they still won those games. You at least gotta give Ryan Fitzpatrick an opportunity to to fail for himself don't just don't just cause this thing to fail because you had a plan set in place and the plan got derailed because you were doing well uh i i don't get it myself uh i really don't it's nothing against tua um that's who they drafted that's who he wanted to move forward with but i you know you could also argue given the injury history right like don't you think maybe you just want to Proceed with caution here. I mean, you know, Miami doesn't exactly have a history of of having the best quarterback. And one of the reasons is a lot of the guys that they've had have gotten hurt. Uh, you know, and this is a guy who's had a potential career-ending injury, who obviously has bounced back from it. You don't want to make it worse, right? I, I don't know. I don't like the decision. Um, I think if next week Ryan Fitzpatrick comes out and sinks up the place, then you go to tour. Um, I, maybe it's tough because their buy is, has gotten shifted up into the season. They wanted to go to him in the buy and that was already predetermined. I get that. Um, but the fact that they are winning game, I know if I were on a team, I would be pissed, but I'm not on the team. So I sit here behind a mic and just talk. So that's my take on that. And then finally, I got to quickly make fun of the Cowboys because, you know, I don't like the Cowboys. And I do have to say this. At some point, we got to blame the players for the way things go on the field. Um, we got upset with Jason Garrett. We got upset with the defensive coordinator and this guy. And we got upset with Tony Romo. And we got upset with 
whoever else they wanted to get upset with, and Dez, and, and on down the line. And so we swapped out. We got rid of Dez, and we bring in uh, Amari Cooper, and then Michael Gallup, and CeeDee Lamb, and no more Jason Witten, but your starter gets hurt, so now you're down to Dalton Schultz. And Ezekiel Elliott, you paid $90 million, and now he looks like he can't run anymore. And Dak Prescott, unfortunately, got hurt. And the the list of of issues for the Cowboys can can go on and on and on and on and on. But I never hear anyone say, man, those players. I mean, recently, you know, in the last couple of days or so, we've heard people say it. But why haven't we been saying this for a long time? This isn't the first time that this has happened. The Cowboys have not been good for at least two years. I mean, they lucked into the playoffs a few years ago and, and had to win against Seattle and so forth. But, like, they're not a good football team. And everyone wants to feel sorry for Dak Prescott because he broke his leg. And God bless him. I hope he comes back even better. But, like, he's part of the blame for this, too. Like, he's not innocent here. Uh, he wasn't playing well, either. He He put up a lot of great numbers. And that's fantastic. But, you know... What is the impact of that stuff on the winning? Yes, he can't be the reason the defense gives us so many points has overcome it. But here's the thing. When the defense gives up the score, you get the football back. So I can't totally leave Dak out of this. I can't leave any of the guys on offense out of this. Uh, and, yeah, Andy Dalton went to bed the other day. But he also didn't play terrible. I mean, there were a few things, a few plays that he made that, you know, Michael Gallup drops a touchdown. You got Zeke fumbling twice. I can't put this all on Mike McCarthy, even though he has to hold some of this. I can't put all of this on, you know, the players, they, but they got to hold some of this too. I think a lot of it goes to Jerry Jones because this is a monster that he created. Mike McCarthy, I, again, he has to hold some blame because as a coach, you just can't have this kind of stuff um, happening, all the penalties, the, the carelessness with the football. The guys running around like they don't know what they're doing, especially on defense. Guys not really fired up to come out and play, making mistakes early in the game. You look up, it's 28 to nothing, 24 to 3. Like, that's on everyone. And what it really boils down to is the Dallas Cowboys are not a good football team. And it makes me happy. Now, I want to talk about the Thursday night football game between the Giants and the Eagles. So let's move on to that. All right, so tonight, Eagles versus the Giants, Thursday night football on Fox. Quickly, because I forget almost every week, go through your Fox Super 6, try to win some of that money. But we're going to talk about DraftKings here in a second. But first, I want to talk about a few things just leading up to the game itself, right? Not on DraftKings. Um, first and foremost, that came out, or the line came out, I should say, at a minus six and a half Eagles. Bet up to, or bet down to, minus four and a half. And if I had known that, I wasn't paying attention at the time. If I had known that, I would have loved to have taken the Giants at plus six and a half. Just because, in general, this is a game I would stay away from. But here we are, right? Talking about, as crazy as it sounds, First place being on the line between two not very good teams in the NFC East. And I, I'm i so torn on this because 
everyone is ready to get on board with the Eagles as guys to come back from injury. And I just, I'm not so sure. I'm just not so sure that it's going to turn around. I think they are probably going to win tonight. But I think the Eagles, or excuse me, the Giants will still end up covering. Eagles have won seven straight in this series. I think they make it eight tonight. It's no surprise because one team is coming, or just a few years, I should say, removed from a Super Bowl, and the other team hasn't been good in a pretty long time. So, and, you know, just for the record, the Giants have also lost seven straight to the Cowboys, making it 14 straight against both teams. So, big giant L's for the Giants against those two teams. Now, for tonight's game, we have a few different things operating, okay? Um, injuries for both, right? You got a couple of guys in, out, a couple of guys returning for the Eagles. Darius Slayton was questionable to play, will play with the foot issue. Um, so there's hope for the Eagles long-term. There's a little hope for the Eagles, at least for tonight. Uh, Sterling Shepard may also potentially play. Uh, he's going to test warm up for the game to see if he's a go, but they did activate him from the IR. So he is potentially back this week, tonight, if not uh, next week. The thing is, the Giants are pretty good covering the spread on the road. They are 15 and four over the last three seasons. That's actually the best in the NFL. Who would have thunk it, right? The Giants, one of the worst teams in all of the NFL has one of the best records against the spread on the road, potentially one of, the, one of the toughest things to do, especially when you're a bad football team. So, hey, go Giants. But Doug Peterson, Thursday Night Football, 5-0, and either straight up or against the spread on Thursday Night Football. And Daniel Jones himself, 0-3 in primetime. So I'd love, love, love to pick the Eagles. But in those seven straight games that they've beaten the Giants, they're only three and four against the spread. They have a losing record. And I again, I would have loved to have picked the Giants at plus six and a half where it opened, but it's down to four and a half. I don't love it picking the Giants because I, I hate picking bad teams to cover. But the thing is, they're playing another team that's not so great and is very capable of self-destructing themselves and the Eagles. Wins can certainly turn the ball over or miss some throws on key third downs. He can end up under pressure, fumble it, trying to make a play. So those elements are still in play for the Giants. Can they keep it close? Um, I mean, here what you're really asking me is, are the Eagles five points better than the Giants, right? And to me, the answer to that is no, because I haven't seen it all year. I haven't seen them be that much better than the Giants. I've seen them play against, the, you know, the likes of the Ravens and the Steelers and make the games competitive. But are they that much better than the Giants, a divisional opponent who, by the way, has an offensive coordinator who knows his team very well, um, and they have a better than terrible defense? Um, again, Darius Slayton is going to play. Potentially Sterling Shepard is going to play. Uh, they did pick up Devontae Freeman, who's getting more touches. They just need Daniel Jones to not turn the football over. There's no team that I expect more to beat themselves than the Giants. So how can they win? They have to get, I think, at least two turnovers. Um, you know, get a strip sack on Wentz, maybe run it back for a score or pick six. But they're going to need two turnovers because their offense is not very good. So they're going to need to create, A, extra opportunities, and, B, 
short fields for their offense to potentially go down and score. So can you create enough pass rush against the Eagles being so banged up offensively that you get them into a strip sack? And even if you can't, you know, run it back, obviously you get the possession. Can you do that? Can you get an early pick off a deflection or, you know, Wentz trying to do too much, force the ball in? Can you get those types of plays in order to keep the game within reach or potentially force the Eagles to play from behind due to some mistakes? Now, conversely, as a team, but especially as Daniel Jones, what you cannot do, what he is great at doing, is turn the football over. Daniel Jones, one of the highest turnover rates in all the NFL. And when you're the leader of the team, when you have the football the most, what you can't do is turn the ball over the most, potentially in all of the NFL. So I don't need to even begin to lay out the numbers regarding Daniel Jones and his turnover ratio and how much it has cost the team. The only thing I can say to combat it is to run the football. Now, the Eagles are not um, – they're, they're, they're a stingy defense when it comes to the run game. Let's just say that. They're 22nd in run defense per DVOA, giving up 126 per but I think they only allow maybe 3.6 yards per carry. The Giants, unfortunately, don't have Saquon Barkley due to the injury. And so, obviously, it's going to be a committee-based backfield, and they're going to need them in order to pull this game off. Um, but overall, get the ball to the right guys, meaning Darius Slayton, um, and like I said, potentially Sterling Shepard. And can we get an Evan Ingram sighting, please? Um, please get this guy... I don't know if it's because he can't get involved in the game or because they're not getting him the rock. But, um, you know, you see him on the field and you're like, man, that guy can really play. And you just don't see the pop. You just don't see the production. And like I said, whether that's his fault or the fault of those around him, um, they need to get a change because he can be a dynamic player based on his skill set. So all that said, tonight, I think I like the Giants to cover yet again in this series. Three and five, the Eagles would be, even though I still think the Eagles win probably on a late field goal or touchdown. Um, they go up by four points, end up not covering, but getting the win. Giants cannot go down and score. And I think that's going to be the way it goes. Um, like I said, Eagles get, excuse me, Eagles get a late touchdown. Giants are going to need to drive the length of the field and go get one themselves and just won't be able to with the guy that they have at quarterback. So that's how I see the game. Now, let's talk about a little bit of DraftKings. So for DraftKings, captain's pick, it's hard not to go with Carson Wentz, right? Um, he's expensive, but actually a really good DraftKings player, averaging 24 points a game. Has the potential to obviously have a big night with the guys that he could potentially have tonight. Deshaun Jackson going to be there. Travis Fulgham. Um, and the Giants' pass de defense, even after facing Mr. Bisky and Nick Mullins and Kyle Allen, ranks 23rd in the NFL. Sean Jackson's back. Again, you pair him with Travis Fulgham. Should be a good enough combo for Wentz to get the job done as the captain. However, there is another potential guy to put at captain, and that is the running back, Boston Scott. We saw Boston Scott be the primary back at the end of last year. And he was the godsend for fantasy players, especially for daily fantasy players. Um, it's hard not to see the volume repeat. I am skeptical if we see the same results. 
But considering Miles Sanders is going to be out and they don't have a lot of their traditional weapons at, at their other skill positions, um, I think there's going to be some volume there for Boston Scott. It's really just a matter of can he uh, capitalize on it, get in the end zone once or twice, and maybe go for over 100 yards. So Boston Scott, another potential captain's pick, but I think Carson Wentz is the way to go there. Uh, now, some must plays for you. Uh, I really only have one that's a must play, and that's Devontae Freeman. He's too cheap not to play for the amount of volume he's going to get. 7400 bucks. Uh, he saw 73% of the snaps last week with 19 touches. Um, so him being around 18 to 22 touches yet again is probably in the works. Um, you just hope that the Giants are moving the football well enough that maybe he can put one or two of those in the end zone. Um, so I like uh, Devontae Freeman, 7400 bucks with that kind of volume. It's hard to pass up on that. Um, a few sleepers. Now this I like. So... Uh, number one, Sterling Shepard, like I said, still activated today. Not totally confirmed that he's going to play tonight, considering they activated him, considering this is for first place in the division and all of those factors. I think he is going to play. And for me, that's good enough. Uh, he's going to test before the game, like I said, to see if he's good to go. So you just need to pay attention to whether or not that is the case. But if so, that is a solid flex play for only 7000 bucks. Um, so you can play him along with, uh, like I said, Darius Slayton, uh, who I think is also a must play. Um, now, this guy, it's a super hard gamble if you want to play him either as a captain or the flex play. It is a gamble, but it could be a cheeky gamble. Um, and that is Jalen Hurts. So Jalen Hurts in his performance last week, averaged 10 yards per play. Jalen Hurts, when the team was really struggling to move the football, came in and provided spark against the best defense, uh, the best defense, Jesus, the best defense in all the football in the Pittsburgh Steelers. For a gamble, he is a cheap captain at only 9,000 and uh, a cheap flex as well at 6,000. It's possible that he gets a little bit more PT. Um, and maybe is a little bit more productive against a bad defense. It's possible that Wentz maybe struggles and they decide to bring him in and he takes over and you just happen to be in the right place at the right time. And it's possible they do actually go with the two-quarterback system and he sneaks into the end zone once or twice and has a pretty good game. It is worth the gamble because you could also just see him on the sidelines the entire game. Now, I don't think that's totally likely, but there is a potential for that. So... Take it for what you will. Um, if you, again, do multiple entries like I do, I sure, certainly wouldn't uh, hesitate to put him on one or two teams, um, both as a captain and as a flex pick, just because you don't know. And then finally, a few guys to avoid. Um, I only have two. They're both from the Giants, as you might imagine. And that is Daniel Jones and Evan Ingram. Daniel Jones, he simply turns the ball over too much. Now, is he capable tonight of getting you 30 points and the Eagles wet the bed? He doesn't turn the football over. Maybe maybe has a rushing touchdown and a passing touchdown or two goes for 250 or something like that. Like, yeah, sure. It's totally possible. It's also possible he goes out there and throws for, you know, 95 yards, has two, uh, two fumbles and a pick, and ends up on the bench uh, and replaced by whoever the backup is for the Giants. 
that's totally on board too. And then the other guy is Evan Ingram. Only four, five total targets in the last two games, 35 or fewer yards in four straight games. That's just not good enough for the talent that he is. He bailed people out last week by getting the rushing touchdown and getting into the end zone. Uh, but overall, just just don't do it. Uh, save yourself the headache. Save yourself the gamble. He may very well have two touchdowns and, and 115 yards a night. Just don't bank on tonight being the night. Let that let that ship come and go. Um, if you miss it, you miss it. Um, but don't put your money on tonight. Guys, that's all I got for episode number 16 in the books. Thursday Night Football. We will be back uh, to talk about Saturday Night, or excuse me, Sunday Night Football um, on Saturday. Uh, this has been your host, Capo. I will see you all in the next episode. Take care. Peace.